a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Today, we have the first edition in an ongoing series that I'm going to start doing. Uh, It's not going to be every single week consecutively, but I'm going to sprinkle them in every once in a while, and it's essentially going to be me profiling uh, some more prominent species within the Star Wars galaxy that I think are... uh, good to know about. I'm just going to be throwing in some basic facts about them as well as some notable members of each species. Um, so yeah, without th- further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Alrighty, so starting off we have probably the most unremarkable species that I'm going to cover in this series, but the first one that I have it are humans. And they are extremely common despite their comparatively weak nature when uh, looked at next to other species, uh, meaning like basically they're, they're kind of bottom of the food chain as far as like natural selection goes, but humans, uh, were in the Star Wars galaxy and kind of on earth as well, were intrinsically, uh, very imperialistic and had a tendency to colonize, which made them very widespread throughout the galaxy. And, um, an interesting tidbit about humans and this idea of imperialism, is that the Galactic Empire, as we know it in the original trilogy, was actually founded, or it uh, was based on the idea of human superiority. Uh, So I've I've made the comparison many times, and I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but they're basically space Nazis. And uh, their goal was to subjugate all, quote-unquote, lesser species uh, to human rule. Uh, So that's all that I have about humans, uh, if you want any notable members of the human species, you can just kind of look at any of the major characters. Um, It's, yeah, most major characters are humans. If you look at Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, uh, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, any of these characters are humans. Um, Yeah, so they're very, very common. I didn't have any specific examples, but I just rattled some off for you. Next up, we have Wookiees, and I've covered Wookiees a lot in either my mores or um, just within the podcast uh, in the context of whatever episode I'm doing. But for those of you who don't know, Wookiees are large, hairy, and relatively primitive uh, as a species. They are native to the planet of Kashyyyk, uh, and they don't speak Galactic Basic. Uh, and for context, uh, Galactic Basic is basically the Star Wars term for English. So whenever I say basic or galactic basic, I'm talking about English, which is what most of the major characters speak uh, within the Star Wars galaxy. But Wookiees do not speak basic. They speak Shri Wook, which was actually in my very first edition of More. Wookiees are known for their strength and resourcefulness, and members of the species include Chewbacca, Tarful, and Gunji. Uh, Chewbacca, of course, we know is the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon. Next to Han Solo, Tarful is the general in charge of um, the Wookiee army. Uh, we see him in Revenge of the Sith as well as in the Clone Wars for a brief period of time. And then Gunji is the Wookiee Padawan who is uh, on the expedition with Ahsoka and his fellow clan members in the Youngling arc of the Clone Wars. Super cool. Uh, fun little tidbit about him. His lightsaber has like a wood casing around it, which is super, super cool and unique. 
Um, so that's all that I have to say about Wookiees. Um, moving right along, next up we have Rodians. So Rodians have green skin and kind of, uh, they have black eyes that have kind of like sparkles and then they kind of look like starry orbs. Um, and they are humanoid, which basically humanoid just means that they have a build that resembles that of a human. And they are native to the planet of Rhodia. Rhodia was a very swampy planet and they lived in these kind of domed cities uh, to protect them from the uh, fauna and flora that is local to the planet. I'm almost positive that Rhodians are amphibious and just choose to live on land, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but members of the species include Greedo, Anaconda Far, and Bolaropal. And so um, Greedo is, of course, the bounty hunter who uh, has the altercation with Han, uh, Han shot first, by the way. Um, and then Anaconda Far is the uh, senator for the um, planet of Rodeo. We see him in the Clone Wars. He's also in the movies, but he doesn't have any like speaking lines or anything like that. Um, he uh, is the one that betrays Padme on Rhodia, but then ends up uh, turn betraying the Separatists in turn and joining the Republic again. And then he's also the victim of a murder mystery. So that's also a cool little side plot. And then Bola Rapal was the Jedi Master who is in charge of keeping the Kyber Memory Crystal, which had the index of all of the Force-sensitive children that the Jedi were eventually going to uh, induct into the ranks and he was killed at the hands of Cad Bane after refusing to uh, give him the information by combining the crystal with the holocron. Uh, spoiler alert, sorry. So that's all that I have to say about Rodians. Next up we have Twi'leks and I would say that Twi'leks are probably the most common or at least the most recognizable in the Star Wars galaxy other than humans, other than maybe Wookiees. Wookiees are pretty distinct. But Twi'leks are humanoid and they're characterized by colorful skin and two head tails called Leku. Um, they are native to the planet Ryloth, and they speak both basic and Twi'leki. Uh, and what's interesting about Twi'leks is that some of them speak with what we would equate to on Earth as like a French accent, which is kind of cool. That's kind of the native Ryloth accent that they speak whenever they speak in basic. Um, Twi'leks have a long history of enslavement and subjugation, which in turn means that they also have a very robust system of... Uh, planetary militia as well as freedom fighters. Uh, so while a majority of them have been enslaved for much of, uh, much of their history, uh, that means that there is also a collective group that are very aware of the signs of oppression and uh, stand up against it. Um, some notable members of the species are Ayla Secura, who's the Jedi Master, uh, who trained under Quinlan Voss, and she is uh, very feature very prominently in the Clone Wars. She's also in the movies, but she has blue skin. And she is in the episodes where Anakin is injured. Uh, and she, Ahsoka, Bly, and Rex are stranded on the planet with the Irish space lemurs. Don't remember what they're... I think they're called Lerman. I don't remember the planet. Um, and then they have to protect them from a Separatist invasion. Um... And then we have Harrison Dula, who's the daughter of Champ Syndulla, who is the uh, freedom fighter that fought alongside Mace Windu and Amma Gundai on Ryloth during the Clone Wars. Uh, but Hera was the leader of the Ghost crew in Star Wars Rebels, and she went on to be a high-ranking member of the Rebel Alliance uh, during the original trilogy, uh, which happens off-screen. 
and then Bib Fortuna, who is Jabba's major domo. He's the pasty uh, albino Twi'lek uh, that we see in Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace. What's interesting about him is that he doesn't wear his Leku like with over behind his shoulders. He wears one of them wrapped around his shoulder, kind of like a boa or a shawl, which makes it a little harder to recognize him as a Twi'lek, but he is, in fact, a Twi'lek. Um, moving right along to our next species, which are Togrutans. So Togrutans are a humanoid species characterized by colorful skin with white markings on their skin, along with uh, three head tails. I don't think that they're technically called Leku, like with uh, Twi'leks, but I've heard them refer to uh, as that before. Uh, Togrutans are generally very passive and peaceful. They are native to the planet of Togruta, but whenever we see them in Clone Wars Season 4, um, in the Zygerian Slave arc, uh, they are on the planet Kuros, but that's just a colony. So they're originally native to Togruta, but we see them uh, as a, operating as a colony in the Clone Wars. Um, they speak both basic and Togruti, and some notable members of the species are Ahsoka Tano, who is a very beloved character. If you haven't seen The Clone Wars or any other shows, basically, uh, Ahsoka Tano was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Um, and so, yeah, she's pretty iconic at this point, but if you haven't watched the shows, then there's no real reason that you would have known about her. Um, Shakti, who was a member of the Jedi Council and oversaw uh, clone productions on Kamino, and all of the members of the Kuros colony from the Zygerian slave arc in uh, Clone Wars Season 4. So that's a super interesting arc. Uh, would recommend going and watching that if you haven't already. Uh, and if you want uh, to learn the best way to watch the Clone Wars, I would say if you have the time, just watch the entire thing. But if you don't have the time to commit to seven seasons of the show, go back and listen to episodes 2 and 3 of this podcast, and I go through uh, basically the most important episodes to watch um in the entire show and so it makes it more manageable um if you feel uh, like it's a bit daunting to commit to all season uh, or all seven seasons of the show um so that's all that i have for Togrutans. last up we have zabrax and zabrax are super cool because um there are two different variations of them and the distinction between these variations is actually one of the reasons that made me think like, oh, maybe I should start a Star Wars podcast because it's something that it's such a, a specific set of knowledge that I enjoyed sharing with people and getting to like kind of barf that little like very specific set of like, oh, yeah, I know this to people was just a super fun thing for me. And I was like, oh, maybe I could have a, a better platform to kind of share that kind of knowledge with a wider range of people, and I'm hoping that eventually that's what this is going to be. Um, it currently is that, but I'm hoping that I get a, a more solid um, listenership. And for those of you who are listening consistently, I love you and I appreciate y'all's support. Uh, please share this with your friends who you think would enjoy this. Uh, that would mean a lot. Um, but anyways, Zabrax, there are two variations. One is Iridonian and one is Dathomiri. Both have horns on their head. Iridonian Zabrax uh, have more flesh-colored skin, and they also have hair on their heads. Dathomiri male Zabrax have colorful skin uh, with black tribal markings, so for the most part they were uh, either black, orange, 
or no, red, orange, or yellow skin with the black markings. And then uh, the Dathomir Zabrak females had pale skin and very little hair, if any at all. Uh, and they were known as Night Sisters. So obviously, uh, there are two different worlds that these Zabraks are uh, unique to, with Iridonian Zabraks being from Iridonia, and then uh, Dathomir Zabraks being from Dathomir. And if I could be incorrect, but based on a quote that Mace Windu says around uh, talking about Dathomir and Zabraks in general, um, essentially, I'm almost positive that the species originated on Dathomir, and then some of them colonized Iridonia. And so that's where the distinction between the two variations comes from. But I could be wrong. It could be the other way around. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they primarily speak basic. And then Dathomir, uh, Dathomir Zabrax had a matriarchal society uh, where uh, the Night Sisters were dominant. Uh, and they, they were essentially just covens of witches that practiced dark side magic. Um, they're super, super interesting. I'm going to have a whole episode about them at some point, so stay tuned for that. But they uh, would essentially just go to these Night Brother villages and have their pick of mates. Um, and they, would, they were essentially just their uh, servants, and they would serve the Night Sisters without question. Um, members of the Dathomiri Zabrak variant include Darth Maul, if that gives you a better visual picture of that. Um, and then Savage Opress, his brother, and Asajj Ventress. Um, so all Clone Wars characters, uh, except for Darth Maul. And then members of the Iridonians of Brack uh, variant are Eeth Koth, uh, who is featured in Episode 2, but has a more prominent role in the Clone Wars. Uh, Egan Kolar, which is uh, one of the uh, four Jedi who goes with Mace Windu to arrest Chancellor Palpatine in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then Suji, which is one of the bounty hunters who uh, fights alongside Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka against Hado Onaka um, with Embo and all of them on Felucia to protect the farmers. Um, so, yeah, that's about all that I have for this episode. That was my last species, uh, and like I said, I'm going to be going over more in the future. Um, but I hope that y'all enjoyed this. Uh, let me know what species you want me to cover in the future. Um, I'm happy to take requests. Uh, feel free to, if this is on YouTube, comment what species you want to know under it. Uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram at TwinSunTalks or uh, to email me at TwinSunTalks at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, that's about all that I have, but it wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with a little bit more. All right, so this more comes straight from uh, one of my newer source books that I've been using within the last couple months called Star Wars Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, Updated and Expanded, um, which is actually what I've been using uh, to get most of my mores recently. Uh, but this one is just a word-for-word -word quote. Uh, it's a peek behind the scenes. So, for Jabba's Palace, George Lucas wanted even more aliens than uh, Episodes 4's uh, Cantina scene the iconic one with the music playing. Uh, so he spent over $1 million creating a nearly 80 characters, which is absolutely insane because they're all background characters. Not many of them have dialogue, um, but he wanted that sort of authenticity uh, and like he wanted to create that really authentic atmosphere, which I think is super, super interesting and cool. And I wanted to stay on topic uh, for 
the species thing. So I uh, hope that y'all enjoyed that, and I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. Once again, feel free to contact me with any uh, species that you want to hear more about in the future, and stay tuned for more of these. Uh, I'll be, I don't know how frequently they're going to be coming out, but but they will. I will certainly have more of them, don't worry. Um, Star Wars Visions comes out this Wednesday, which is super, super exciting. Uh, that's the anime series uh, that's coming out. Um, so it's non-canon. But that's something that I'm going to be talking about. I don't know when I'm going to get to watch it because I got exams uh, coming on up. But that is something that I definitely will be discussing eventually. It probably won't be a day of review like I did with the Bad Batch. But it's something that I definitely will discuss at some point. So have no fear, anime fans. I will talk about it. I just don't know when. Um, but all that said, I think that's all that I have. So you taking your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.